everybody's opinion does not matter. You have to like, yes, be organized to, uh, you know, understand like your why that has to be really compelling and has to be really driven because the money might not come for a while. So like, are you prepared? You have to like put all those wheels in motion, but when it, when it comes down to it, it's like, it's a huge risk that you're taking, but it can be really exciting too. So you sort of have to like, make sure you got your shit together enough that your life isn't going to go in shambles because it is like some people go like, I had no idea it was going to be this hard. Like, really? Like, have you ever talked to another business owner? Cause they're just like, <laughs> holy shit, what a ride. Welcome to the Business Muscle Podcast, where we empower entrepreneurs to transform their businesses into unstoppable empires. I'm Elise, CPA turned serial entrepreneur. And I'm Arielle, a seasoned physical therapist and business owner. We're two female entrepreneurs with a passion for helping small business owners like you achieve massive success. With our combined expertise, we've scaled to an impressive seven businesses in less than seven years. And guess what? Each of them was profitable right from the start. But we didn't stop there. We're here to share our secrets, strategies, and insider tips to help you turn your business into a thriving reality. And hey, we're not just all about business. As a physical therapist and fitness instructor, we'll also sprinkle in some fitness and wellness tips along the way. Join us on the Business Muscle Podcast every Monday as we guide you step-by-step towards financial freedom and building the business of your dreams. It's time to level up your business. Get ready to flex your business muscle. Today, we are sitting down with Jody Merrill, the founder and owner of B-Tone. Jody is one of the funniest and down-to-earth people you will ever meet, but don't let her humor fool you. She has built one of New England's fastest-growing fitness chains, which now has expanded nationwide. She Hell opened yeah. her first V-Tone in 2010, since then has franchised it to 16 different locations. Jody, welcome to the Business Muscle wow, Podcast. Wow, that is quite an intro. <laughs> Thank you. It's a lot. You've done this could have been That's like a, a ten minute intro with I'm all the things stop you've done. I'm doing the most right now. I'm gonna start to just <laughs> let's take that back. So before we get into it, tell everybody what B Tone is if they don't know. B Tone is now it's a boutique fitness studio. Um, I started when that was not a word, so it's really fun that people now know what that is. It is a forty five minute strength conditioning class that we do on reformers that we call Tony. Awesome. That's the long and short of it. <laughs> <laughs> and your first location was in Lexington. Where mm-hmm. are your locations now? I know there's a lot of yep, them. Yep, we did that. Oh, we're coming up on our 13th year in a couple weeks. And right after Lexington, I pretty much um, kind of, I'll say, lucked out where it just sort of took off. So then I used my money that I put aside in the loan for that to then open in Back Bay. So that was kind of like I opened those two within one year. And then after that, just kind of like one a year as uh, as the money would build back up and I would, because I just didn't want to go for like funding anymore. Um, so then I did Wellesley. We did one in Sudbury for a short stint and then did three downtown locations. Um, and then I opened in Harwich just recently. So basically they're everywhere. They're if everywhere. you're in Massachusetts, they're everywhere. And even outside the state. The other day I was driving up from the Cape and I'm like, this is so wild. I passed like. I don't know, six locations on like one highway. That's crazy. I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Let's go back though. Before 2010, what were you doing? Were you into fitness? Was being a business owner the it plan? It is wild. Um, I was in San Diego and my husband and I moved out there. We were like, we got married. We bought a condo in Medford. We got a dog. And then we were like, let's fucking move to California. <laughs> Sold our house. 
packed up the dog, went out there. I was a speech therapist at the time. Um, and I had started doing, um, working with the Leukemia Lymphoma Society with the team and training. My mom passed away in 2002. Uh, and I was sort of like lost and was like, what the hell am I going to do? And I randomly ended up, my friend who, um, my friend from college, Trish, she, like the week my mom died, was raising money. She joined the team in training and did a marathon. And she like left the event, came right to the funeral. And I was just like, I ended up going to a meeting and I was sitting there. I had never run more than like three miles in my life. Like begrudgingly hated it. I played soccer. Like I would hitchhike during the three mile run and have people pick me up like, yeah, that was a great run. Um, so it was just like, I signed up for the, um, San Diego rock and roll marathon. And that sort of just like took my life in a whole different direction. Um, side note on a story on that, I raised so much money that when I got there, um, there were like 6,000 people at a pasta dinner the night before I was so injured. I was like, could barely walk by the time the actual marathon came. And there's all these people around and Suzuki was sponsoring the event. And this guy rides in on this like motorcycle that looks like a fat boy, Harley. It was huge. And my dad and I are just kind of like, oh, that's weird. And then all of a sudden they start saying my name over the loudspeaker. And I'm like, what the, why are they saying my name? And so I have to go up in front of like 6,000 people. And they're like, you just won this motorcycle. We put, for every thousand you raise, we put a name in a hat and you won it. And I'm like, I look at it and I look at my dad. I'm like, well, like mom always said over her dead body, would you ever get a motorcycle? Could you get a motorcycle? I'm like, I guess, congrats. Like, here's our motorcycle. And it was like, just that was sort of the start of just total madness. I then did like 10 more events with the team in training. I was doing um, triathlons when we went out to San Diego. I did a half Ironman and just sort of started to get more involved in like group fitness through that. I was always injured and it was just like painful. (laughs) I'm like, if there's anything harder than doing endurance events, it's doing it when you're injured because then you're doing PT and you're doing this and you're doing that. You're going to the strength. So I had kind of like dabbled in everything and then started mentoring people on the team and like helping them raise money and, and just sort of like running little, you know, spin classes. And I just found, then they asked me to like be a marathon coach, which I thought was hilarious. I'm like, I am the worst runner. Like the doctors are like, you just don't run. And I'm like, that's not really great advice, but, um, so I just kind of started to see like it had little to do with the technique of running and more with like your heart and what you're going to put out there. And I've always been just sort of off the cuff. Here it is. Like, that's how I connected with people for the fundraising and just kind of inspiring other people of like, oh, I could never do that. I'm like, oh, yes, the fuck you can. Um, I was going to a studio at the doctors were like, you have to work your core. You have to work your core. And I was like, I just did a half Ironman. Like, I, I couldn't be more in shape. Like, there's no way I could be doing more. And I went to a Pilates type of class and I was like, holy shit, this is awful. Like suffered. I suffered through the whole thing. I was like flipping the teacher off in a begrudging fun way. Um, And I just felt it. I was like, this is what the doctors have been talking about. I used to throw my back out like twice a year my whole life, like where I couldn't even walk. 
Um, and pretty much since then I have not thrown my back out like that. Like it was just that thing that clicks for you. Um, and then my husband and I were like, we knew we had to move back. It was just hard being away from family. I'm like, my, our nieces and nephews think we live in a computer screen. Like this is so weird. And we were traveling back and forth so much. Taxes crushed us that year. We're like, whoa, like California is expensive. We loved the lifestyle. We loved like the friends we made. And so when we were coming back and I was a speech therapist at the time, loved my job. Um, I had inherited a little money from my grandparents when my mom passed away. Like, you know, it was very, very close to them and helped take care of them. And it was like enough that you'd be like, oh, maybe we put a down payment down on a house or... And my grandfather was like a very frugal man, um, very stubborn, but like he was very smart with his money. And every year made us these little Christmas trees that said like, save, spend less, invest, and you will see the light. And we were like, God damn it. Like, and he like retired in his forties and just worked 9 million jobs. Like he worked for the hood rubber, like building, like putting sneakers together. And he, you know, died a millionaire. And we're like, I ha- I'm like, I have to do something cool with this money. Like, let's just take a chance. And I went to the owners who own the studio that I'd gone to. And I was just like, I just started kind of running numbers in my head. And like, I have no idea what is this cost? How do I do this? Like, what do I need to do? And he literally just looked at me and was like, you just have to have balls. <laughs> I was like, Sure, I got those. Like, all right. I'm like, I got balls. Let's go home. I'm going to open a business. And that was, I literally remember like the, talk about like core memory. I remember sit, I remember being on the side of my couch, crunching numbers and kind of making up this like fake business plan. And I call my friend from college because I took one business class in college and I dropped it because I was quote unquote, like, I am never going to use this shit and dropped it. And it was like, call my friend from that class. I'm like, do you still have that business plan? <laughs> We had to do like, can you send me one? And that was like April. And by December that year, we were open. Wow. So take me through the April, December period. What was that like? What were you doing? How does somebody yeah. open something that quick when you had no business background? You just walked into I just into had a no business doing what I was doing either. Yeah, tell but us like, what that the, period was I, like. I would be damned if someone told me no. Like once I got it in my head, there was just absolutely no other option. And I was okay with it failing. I'm like, who cares? Right? Like no one has to even know, like it might work. It might not, but I love my job. I can fall back on. We're moving home. We're going to be happy there no matter what. I just kind of always said like, as long as I'm not like living out of a cardboard box at the end of this, then, then I did. Okay. I just want to like take a chance. I just started talking to people. I, went to like local banks, was like, what am I going to need to do? Um, I did not have, you know, other than like that money for my grandfather, I knew I had that. I don't know if I would have felt the confidence to do it had I not had that to fall back on so I could survive the first year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It just, it was like, you know, we, we came back, we're like living at my dad's house with his girlfriend and her two kids and their two kids and my daughter. It was, it was like madness. We were just like, let's just get this done. So then I just started my, I had my dad drive around. I'm like, go find, go look around. I didn't know where we were going to end up. We thought we were going to end up in Belmont, had a deal done. And so many of these, so many of the landlords are men 
they, you know, at the time I was like 31, 32-ish, they just sort of laughed at me. They had no idea what the concept was. They had no idea who I was. They're like, you're nobody. Like the, and just like you'd think a deal was done. They'd be like, yeah, no, we're just going to go with someone else. Like, shit, I already have all my equipment coming. Like <laughs> this is happening. Um, so I just sort of like kept my, the, you know, territory open of where I was going to go. I was super open. I'm like, I'm just going to keep going and finding places and whatever feels right. Um, and then I ended up in Lexington. It was like literally the end of the road that I grew up in in Waltham on the other side of town. And just they took a chance on me. I was forever grateful and literally just like ordered everything, had training, opened the next day. I was like, I have to. I was teaching 40 classes a week for years I was doing speech therapy in the hours in between when you don't have classes so that like two to four I was driving around to people's houses teaching their kids how to say R correctly in Boston um and just like did it I was just like this is it that's awesome and you're talking yeah. about how you had been injured but then you started doing this style of workout and as mm-hmm. a PT whenever I have clients that do Pilates I'm like yes you're doing all your PT exercises yeah so how did you develop what B-Tone's specific method is? Yeah. So we, we had started. So originally I was part of like a licensing deal. So I had to pay kind of an exorbitant fee, um, to just, just to be able to buy the equipment. It was really new at that time. It was a little bigger in California. It was just starting to branch out of California. So I knew I could kind of like do my own thing. Um, that, style definitely had a more like, this is going to be hard as fuck. This is going to be the toughest thing you ever do. And that just was like, not my experience with it. That wasn't my style. And I'm like, hell, like this is hard enough. I don't need to be kind of like promoting it in that way. Right. And then just like when you're off on your own doing this, you kind of with different deals, you might just not understand what you're getting or what you're doing. And I could, yes, I could do whatever I wanted, which was great. I could have probably used a lot more support starting out because you're just like clueless. Like, what am I doing? Even just like hiring people, firing people, training people. So I started, we had to start doing our own trainings anyway. So it sort of, it sort of evolved in that way where then even with just like the equipment, I'm like, I need, you know, we, we modify, we need to modify it in this way and that way. And then that manufacturer is no longer like even providing that. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, this is, this is what people, how people are using it. Um, so I think just because of like my innate experience with exercise, it's like, I don't like doing it. (laughs) (laughs) I am doing it so that it can help me to do all the other things that I like doing in my life. I want to make my life easier when I'm doing endurance events, when I'm, whatever it is that I'm doing, I want to do it with less injury and pain, right? So that was kind of how I sort of experienced the workout. That kind of started as like, this is super intense, and it is. It's really intense. So I sort of wanted to like bring that down. And and then just with trying to educate people at the time of like, why am I going to buy a membership at your place when I go to the gym? It was really just yoga studios at the time. Spin had just started. Um, Boston Body Pilates was like a pioneer. Like she had been open for years already. That was 
you know, the only other kind of similar concept, because we're really not Pilates, we are not a traditional Pilates. It's just, it is the, it, it definitely was born from it because of our equipment. And we use the equipment in every class and every which way. Um, but we really, it's so hard to even explain it. Still to this yeah. day, when you say like, what is V-Tone? I'm like, honestly, you just have to try it. Like, it's just, you know, it, it, it isn't going to be for everyone, but um, it's a really, you just feel it. You feel it inside. So I tend to find those people who are really intense and did like really intense workouts, they sort, it sort of clicks with them because they feel it. Like it's a similar, you're like, oh my God, I just literally gave everything and I'm shaking out of my bones but why? Like it, it looks so easy. Like it doesn't even look like it look anything like it, it feels. And I actually had like these guys who always helped me with my moves. They were just hilarious. And finally I'm like, will you just stop asking me what this is and get on this goddamn machine? So I put them through like a five minute little segment and they were so funny. And he's like, you know, cause they had seen enough classes coming in and out and get doing stuff with me. They're like, it looks like yoga, but it, it feels like CrossFit. I'm like, that is perfect. Like you nailed it. I'm like, slogan done, it's going on the website. And like, sometimes it's just the, I'm like, I don't care what you call it. I don't care if you call it Pilates. I don't care if you call it whatever. It's just as long as you're like experiencing it and if it helps you, just keep doing it. Yeah, and I've taken B-Tone classes. I've took I took a class in your Lexington one, mm -hmm. and then I forget which Boston one it was. I think and Southie. And Southie, maybe. And I was, my core and abs were sore for like a solid week. Still, and, like and 13 I, years later, I'm yeah. like, and I work is this out ever going to get easier? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm somebody that I, I'm like, I'm going to go in this. I knew you. I was like, I need to support Jody and try this workout because Pilates normally that I wouldn't think that would be the my first choice. Mm -hmm. And I went there and I was humbled. Yeah. Oh, it's my legs were definitely humbling. sore, but my core was by far the thing that it uh, is hit super the core focus. That yeah. is like the bread and butter. That's what everybody wants to do. Yep. So like the way we even program our classes out now, it's like it's two core days in a row and a leg day. It's always total body, but it's just kind of like where our focus goes. So mm -hmm. we can kind of like not be super repetitive each day because there are some people who come every day. I don't know. We just did a challenge and I took the most classes I've ever taken. I did every other day and I did that consistently for six weeks. And I was like, Shit. like, I'm like, look at these people who come every day. I'm like, how do you do this every day yeah. and why? Like, why? But like, that's fine. Everyone has their thing, right? There's just some, some people like, this is just what I have to do. I have to do every day. Most people were like two to three times a week, sweet spot. You can still go do all the other stuff you like doing. Mm -hmm. You do not need to do this a whole lot. It's just because you, yeah, I, there are a day, like if I take a week off and I go back, I, I am as sore sitting down. This just happened last week. We just, we were doing like a new kind of class and I couldn't even sit down on the toilet. It, it was as if I had just run a marathon. I'm like, this is really like, it's wild. So if you haven't tried on? it yet, literally go there and get humbled. But mm -hmm. now people know what it is. Everybody knows what yeah. B-Tone, especially in this area. But back in 2010, nobody knew what it was. Nobody knew, like no. you said. So how did you get the word out? How did you advertise? There wasn't even a Facebook business page. Yeah, so then. what did you do and what was your launch like? Launch, I called my best friend who also introduced me to my husband. Thank you. Shout out Kyla. Um, I called her. She was in PR. She worked. I'm like, can you do a press release for me? I called another friend who did logos. I'm like, she works, works still at Vistaprint. I'm like, can you do a logo for me? 
I bartered the shit out of everything I could because I had no money. Um, and I just was like, I'm just going to open the doors. And that's the only way people are going to figure out what this is. I don't think there were ads. There weren't like, I did like a, God, at the time it was called like Daily Candy was just this promotion, this website that went out like every week and it would just explain what was happening around the city. Um, that was like it. It just, I opened in a town that had just started to allow fitness. They just lifted a ban. So, you know, I had like my contacts in Waltham and, and I just sort of was putting it out there. It was pretty much really just through Facebook then. And like I said, it wasn't a business page. It was like a personal page. It still comes up on my thing. And I remember when the business pages all came out, I'm like, oh shit, now I got to change over. Like why? Um, it was really word of mouth. I hundred percent depended on word of mouth at, you know, we did like Groupons and oh, like the bane of my existence. But I just did whatever we could do to just get the word out in opening. And like, really the only way you can get the word out is you have to get your doors open. Like how you do that. It doesn't matter your timeline. You just get your doors open. The second you can open, open. And then that first year, what were some of the huge obstacles or hurdles that you faced and like looking back that you wish you did differently or there's anything you would have changed in that first year? I mean, even then you just didn't know, like I had, everyone was an independent contractor then. You know, and that was different than now everybody's an, an employee. Like just even like all that back end stuff of like how do you set your business up the right way? Um, I I still live by Google Docs. Like I didn't have anything on Excel. I, you know, I got audited after my first year. Oh, my God. Like I'm trying to pull up all these you know, for, they're like, this, this is, this is garbage. Like, what are you doing? Like, at least it's crawling out of her skin right now. I like, I had now, now like my favorite thing is like, I now have like a full-time, I have full-time employees that I'm like, can you make this look pretty? Like go, <laughs> go do your thing in Excel sheets and Google and all that. And like, it's just, but I still, I have to like, I have to every month, every single month, my bank statement would come out. I would go through every single thing in there. I'd put it, I was basically doing QuickBooks without doing QuickBooks. <laughs> so like my, my, the auditors had a field day with me and my accountants, thank God I hooked up with accountants right away. Cause that's like huge to kind of just have that all set. But I was just like, I'd say I would never recommend opening how I did it. Like it was really, really tough. I was there at 5 AM every day. I was teaching like every class possible because I didn't have the money to pay people. And I was developing it. Like I didn't know what it was yet. So I'm like, how am I going to figure this thing out unless I'm kind of there? But I was doing the cleaning. I was, you know, plunging. I still do that. Um, It's just some things that like you have little control over in life that you're like, whatever, I can at least make the studio look clean. Um, I would say like the best thing was pulling myself away that was a big turning point after you've kind of figured it out, um, being like, okay, I now, like as soon as I could get people to help and start working and take, uh, take away the parts of the job that I did not get a lot out of. I'm like, please, dear Lord, take someone, start doing the emails, someone. And then social media becomes this whole huge thing. Like it's massive now. And just even how you advertise, like it, it, Now, the same thing that like wasn't even developed when I started is now like the backbone and what you and it changes every week. Um, So now kind of like knowing 
when to pull myself out and hire someone to do something that, you know, even just like hiring a marketing company back in the day to like do my, I was doing my website. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but it just started to like, because I was growing, I did it natural in like one a year I'd build up, I'd have a number in my head. I'd say, okay, as soon as I save a hundred grand, I'm opening another studio. That was, that was just the number made up number in my head. Who knows why I would first, first franchise meeting I went to, they go, you should never put more than 20% of your own money in. And I was like, what? That's crazy. Like I've always just self-funded this from the get. But, and I just started listening to my own advice. I tell people that all the time, like, don't put yourself at any more risk. Like, it's crazy to me that these young kids and myself, I, you know, I went to Providence College, super expensive, came out with a ton of loans. Then I went and got my master's at Northeastern. Like I had like 200 grand in college loans. I like literally thought I was never going to claw out from that. But you don't think twice about that. And like, that's about the same amount of money that it takes to open your own business. And yet you get all this pushback from banks. And I'm like, they're giving this money to all these kids that are going to school and they're not going to be able to do anything. Like I'm not using my degrees whatsoever right now. And so I'm like, that's really the the pain point I think nowadays is just mm-hmm. like the funding. I'm like, you know, there's so many of these people that I could potentially be working with as franchises. And I'm like, they're not going to get the money. Yet they have like all the gumption and all the guts and all the balls to do this. And they're the right person. But like, the bank's literally going to make them run in circles because they are single female. Like this sucks. That's like a good point to even talk about for people that are looking for funding. Where would you suggest they start? If they're like, I don't even know where you to start got, Jody. Local banks are the best place to go. And like, I went to the small SBA, like the, every bank is pretty much going to have affiliations with the SBA and they're going to have their lo- loan officers that you work with to get that. That's pretty much where I started to of like, what do I need now? Okay. You need a business business plan. The only thing they want to know in the business plan is how much money is this going to cost and how much money do you think you're going to make? I was pulling numbers completely out of my ass, right? I'm like, I, uh, this is, I had no idea, like literally. And to this day, they still want like these random projections. And I'm like, okay, well now I, I actually give you my money. Here's what we make. Here's what you make. I mean, I ca- I have records. I joke that I have crap Google Docs, but like I have records of like what every one of my studios made year one, year two, year, like charted out of what was this average? What was that average? And what, how many machines did we like? I just sort of always kind of kept that mental note of like, what, where are we? Right. Where are we going? Um, so it's just sort of like these numbers that I'm like, you don't have to make it up anymore. Like if, when you, when you, if you go on a franchise route, like I uh, audit every year and I, there's a whole like financial portion of the franchise agreement and you have to put what everyone who's been open a year, you have their numbers, you have all my numbers. So like, you don't have to kind of like pull numbers out of thin air. Like I had to, um, but that's pretty much all they want in the business plan. A lot of the landlords are going to look at that, but it's pretty much like loan and landlords. They want to know like, are you going to be able to pay this and how, how quickly? Yeah. So what was it that let you go from one to two and then from, was the jump from one to two more difficult than two to three and three Honestly, to four? Honestly, like I joke like? with people. I'm like, there is no difference running one studio or 11. It, 
There's no difference. Like once you have uprooted your life in that way, you're already doing it. Um, I think because like, you know, I always had multiple locations, it seemed, right? Like like pretty quickly. And people would ask like, are you a franchise? And I didn't understand what that even meant. Like in in my mind, franchises were like McDonald's and McDonald's. I was like, why do you think I'm a free? I have no idea what you even mean, right? And they were asking because of that. And then people would start to say like, oh, you know, I, I really want to open a B-tone. Because of the agreement I was in at the time of like a license, I had to pay someone else a shitload of money to give me nothing. Like literally got nothing from that. And now when I start looking into the franchising, I'm like, this is so weird. So I had people like literally copying me. I had people not tell me they were opening the same exact studio I was running, coming in all the time, not tell me they were opening and then used my website and just put their logo on the top of it. Like that to this degree where you're like, wait a minute, what is, what is happening now? You're literally giving your money, all your money to someone else and you're taking everything from me that I'm spending literally probably 80 hours a week doing at the time. I'm like, this is, you're stealing. You're stealing from me and this isn't cool. Um, So that was like really kind of the turning point where I'm like, okay, well, I started to look around at like, at the, you know, there were more fitness concepts opening, but we were always up against like the pure bars and like these big, big companies. And it was, you know, I just started looking around, like it is getting harder for people to open a one-off, right? Like it's just tough because we're doing it because we have like this heart and this desire and this love of fitness, yet we don't know what the hell we're doing. We're not all business people, like most of the time, not at all. And so it's sort of like, what is kind of that secret sauce? Like, why was this, why was B-Tone successful? Hell if I know, like, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you, but I can tell you now what I did well and what I didn't do well and what to ask for help for and just sort of like, okay, well now I can, and I was just sick of opening them myself. Um, it was a lot. Like I love that process. I'd say, um, for someone who is, I I can come off really chill and, oh my God, it's so easygoing. And I'm like, I am riddled with anxiety yet you won't really know it unless you're kind of like living under the same roof as me. Shout out to my husband. Um, so like you just sort of find the things. So then it was like, okay, let me find the things that I take a lot of joy out of and do that more, hire other people to get, do the stuff that really like I'm not doing great. Um, but like, what is that, you know, kind of turnkey situation? Like how can I help other people to do this without as many road bumps as I experienced? Um, so that was kind of like the big, why wouldn't I franchise this? So then I, I knew I needed my own equipment. Um, that was really the turn. The turning point was I was trying to open a studio. I was looking in Davis square and I called, you know, the company I was working with for licenses said, Oh, found this great location. Calls me back a couple of days later. Uh, the following locations have been purchased and he named every single zip code that surrounded every studio I already had. And then like any other location I'd ever mentioned before. And I was like, well, okay, well, this seems like, this seems like I need to take another direction now, doesn't it? Um, and that's what I did. I was like, all right, I, I had taken a class when I was in California and I got on this machine and I was like, this is 
an amazing machine. Like I had had a lot of problems with my other equipment. So I'm like underneath the machine. Like I could take my old machines apart by hand and put it all back together in like three hours. And the teacher was kind of like, what the hell is this chick doing? Like, you're right down there. I'm like, this is just amazing. Like it was a little more at the time, like a reformer, but I could just tell, I could tell it was built to kind of like last. So I, that was a totally separate trip that I had taken. And I just, that after that conversation, I was like, I'm going to get this guy's phone number. I called him. I'm like, hi, I need you to manufacture for me. He's like, I'm not a manufacturer. I'm like, you are now. Like, I need you to do this. I flew out. Like, it was just kind of one of those things. I can be like a little hokey. Like, I talked to this like tarot card reader before and I was like, okay, this, she knew all this stuff happening. I go to check into the hotel. My room number was 111, which was my like angel number. I'm like, oh shit, like this is about to go down. Like this is happening. I sat with them. I literally drew the machine of my dreams out. Fortunately, like most of the parts of the equipment I had been using that were like patented were the parts for me that like caused me the most issues that I didn't want on my machine. So I'm like, perfect. Like this is, this is, this is what I need. This is what my clients need. And I could kind of draw it all out for different hand placements where people would always complain about their wrists or their shoulders and, you know, if they were more slight or, or longer, like just making it work more for everybody because um, that's what I was finding. I'm like, there are so many different people, sizes, ages that are coming in and their bodies need different things on our equipment. So how can we do that? So that's sort of like, as soon as I knew I could get my own equipment, and not have to pay someone else a bunch of money because I was basically paying more than my franchise fee to get nothing. And now I'm like, okay, our franchise fee is 50 grand. You are literally going to get everything. <laughs> like you get the website that has probably cost me over 300 grand by now building out where you just, you get your page, you're going to get trained. We're going to like literally get you not just open, but then like successfully going. And if it isn't successful, we're, we are like, we are in the, in the trenches with you. Um, and like just that kind of whole support where like, as the franchisor, like it's on me to have every, every studio be as successful as they can. Um, and obviously everybody comes with very different backgrounds and that's what I love about it. I'm like, what you think, what I thought like every owner was going to do. I'm like, you know, that's out the door. Like I, half of the, half of these franchisees, the moment they sign, they're like, Oh my God, I just went on. I'm pregnant. I'm like, I've never had kids. I can't imagine. It's just like, okay, well we thought I'm like, well, you can't actually listen. Like women can do it all, but like there, you don't need to do it all. Like, here's what we're going to do. We thought you were going to have to be like owner operated. And cause like, that's all I knew. Right. I only knew like, well, if you, want to have the same kind of success I had, you probably got to be doing everything. And then it's like, no, that's not possible. So here's kind of the game plan. Here's, and I've always sort of done that. I've had people helping in like different aspects where I didn't really ever have a full on manager. Um, that always scared the shit out of me. Cause I'm like, if they leave, then I'm starting back at square one. And, and I found that too, with like the franchise, if you, if you hire someone too soon to kind of do everything, it's hard to get your balance of who you are as the owner. And then what, what are those things you want to do? So now I ask that like right away, that's like on the form, like how do you plan to be involved? And it's not that I won't take a call with someone who 
is going to have a manager because there's there's because like right now like funding is tough to get. I will tell some people I'm like keep your job if you can keep your full time job because like we have enough support to help you do this and you can still have your job. Is it going to take a little longer and be a little more expensive for you? Yeah, but like that's a better decision for you right now. So we're just sort of handling them all as we kind of go, knowing like everyone's been in like such a different you know, period of their life. And then if they're not, like the second they sign, their life changes anyway. So it's like helping them figure out what what does this look like for you? I feel like there's so many good little tidbits in there. We could unpack a bunch. But first thing you said is, I don't know what my secret sauce is. You just, I think it's very clear. Your secret sauce, not only is your workout amazing, but it's it's like who you are. You didn't like you your have machine. to be able to connect with people, yeah. and yeah, you didn't like your machine, so you hunted down a manufacturer. You yeah. made your own machine. Like not many yeah. people would actually even think to do that. I really wanted to build yeah. it myself. <laughs> like, but I feel like <laughs> I was you, like, damn, I wish I like. I literally was like, God, I wish I had gone to engineering school or something. Like, I think there's probably that part of me that I see come out more and more. Where like I like to, I like to know how things work. And so that's kind of like you take something that's not working and you're like, how do I make this work? How do I figure this out? Um, and then make it in a way that like, cause yes, you have to connect to like it's fitness, mm -hmm. right? Like at the end of the day, like when you, when I went from kind of owner to franchisor, it kind of was unsettling because everyone was like, you're no longer a studio owner. Now you're a franchisor, you have a different hat. So I did have to like okay, I need other people running these studios. I have to make sure that's all going so that I can do my thing, which is almost like sales, which I'm like, I don't know. It seems like a weird spot to be in. And, and now I still get asked like, oh, who's doing your sales? Like, who's like, oh, it's me. You know, I'm like, at some point, I'm sure that that will be someone else to do that. I'm like, but I just don't know who better to kind of explain like why I did this and why I started franchising than me. You know, because like you, we have to work really, really closely with the franchisees, especially like the first year, you know, from my first call with somebody to when they open is usually a year. It's like nine months to a year. That's just realistic. Have I opened some studios in three months? Yeah. Like, do I recommend that? No. <laughs> and if we have people who are really green and they're kind of going from the client experience, like we just know we have to like, we don't want anyone to be as overwhelmed. I'm like, it is just too much. It's it's so much to take on at once. Like even like the operations manual, I spend so much time doing this every year. And I'm like, I, I feel bad even giving it to people. I'm like, this is going to overwhelm you, but like, we're just going to take it as we need it. And well, basically everything we're going to do really is kind of like in person and in meetings. And you're going to learn what you need to know right then. And then we'll deal with the next thing because that's just kind of like the only way to do it without wanting to pull your hair out. So how many years in were you when you actually decided we're going to franchise this? How many locations um, did you have at that time? I probably had five or six locations at the time. And they were all, I'm assuming, cash flow positive. They yep. were all doing well. Because I don't want people to just yeah. jump in and think like, oh, I have a business. Because a lot of people I know now, how do we franchise this? When they might not even be making money yet. Because I know it's such yeah. an easy thing. Not easy thing, but people just are like, all right, I'm going to franchise it. I'm going to make a ton of money that way. First of all, it's it's not as easy as you think. And hopefully you, yeah. you can speak to what that is even like to go about franchising. It's about a year, right? It takes about a year working with lawyers. Like, no offense to lawyers, but it's, it's not glamorous. Tough, <laughs> it's a 
nothing. I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, I just wish I could charge people hourly like that. I'm like, oh man, this is great. Um, it Every meeting I've ever gone to says that that most businesses do not turn a profit. Now, when you put in your money into like the investment, right? And it takes about, it's around 200 grand for everything to open a B-tone. So I tell people that like from the get, I'm like borrow more as much as you can. And if we don't need it, great. But if you do, you're going to want that, right? So then they said it takes about two full years for you to pay, be paying all your bills and then be like paying yourself. And I was like, so that's kind of what I was prepared for. For me, it happened a lot faster. For our locations, it happens a lot faster. But I'm not, I kind of like give people the worst case scenario. I'm like, you need to be prepared for that. Um, once you make that initial investment, kiss it away. Like you can't even, you literally have to do that because you don't know when that is going to come back. It's sort of like we do have like the, you know, average and we know like typically and especially of the things we can control. Okay, what is your rent going? We we need brick and mortar. That's like the biggest amount of money that goes out each month. I mean, just some of my Boston locations are 11 grand a month. So like just to support that, you're like, uh, that's really scary. So you have to kind of like help people lead. You want your first few years to be the least expensive for you. So that now that entails like really good bargaining and working with good brokers and that whole experience for me, I'd say if people are starting out and they do need a brick and mortar, that's where you want to like know you're making the right decision. I had to have so many conversations with landlords through COVID. It is only because of my relationships with them and honesty with them that I'm still open at all. And we had a location in California. They had to close. It was because they wouldn't have conversations with them. Like you can't expect, you know, we all just like a franchise agreement, it's written by lawyers. So are your leases, right? And it's, it's black and white and there's that. But when it comes down to it, there are two people that can make a decision no matter what was signed. Like you can sit with the landlord and say, listen, I need your help. So I want to know that when I'm going and looking for a location, I am going to be able to get the landlord on the phone at least. And if not, like in person. And like I opened my books to them. They were, I was like, here's a screen share. This is my bank account. (laughs) This is what's coming in. This is what usually comes in. Like, how do you expect me to get through this? Um, so that that one decision alone, like I, I do a lot of that with the franchisees and that I think is kind of like the piece I like the most is the most stressful part of opening a business is like getting the doors open. You do a lot, like you're like literally laying the floors yourself too. Like that is tremendous because you're like, well, like why wouldn't I, right? You got to pay these other, sometimes I'm like, I think I should just go get my brokerage right now and like get my real estate license because I'm, I know. I can look at a space, I can look at a picture and go, okay, you're going to fit that many machines. This is going to be your lit. Just that alone to know that's the right spot or, hey, now we have X spots. Like let's put all the puzzles, pieces of the puzzle together so that you can make the best decision of what's right for you. But for me, whenever I'm helping people walk around, like I I know I'm like, I'm going to listen to the gut because the couple times I haven't, it's, it's been right. And it's mainly on like landlords that I will make 
you know, like a real solid. They <laughs> make or break it. They really Having do. a good relationship means like all the difference, especially with COVID, but even without COVID. Mm-hmm. Cause you're in such a relationship with them, whether you like it or not, they're right. Oh, and like they're running a business too. So there's that. I'm like, listen, I, I paid every cent back to my landlords. I applied for every grant possible. Like money was not going into my pocket. I'm like, here's the grant. You can write it into my landlord's name. Like I, I knew exactly what I owed to them. I wasn't going to pull any stunts on anyone of like, well, I was clo-. like, listen, it's, it is what it is, right? Like, could, could I have received a little more help? Yeah, it would have been great. I really screwed myself over. Um, cause in Boston I'm one entity, but I have three locations and it wasn't set up right with the city. So I would only get one, you know, PPP, one grant, even though it was like, I wait, <laughs> I have three, I have three times that amount. Um, so we had to get like really, you know, open and honest with landlords, but that is like a huge piece of the puzzle. It makes, makes or breaks the situation oh, it definitely for does. sure. So as you're thinking about growing and even with your franchises and people that have a business or they're starting to like lay the foundation for the business, I always say like, do as much as you can now mm-hmm. do as many processes as you can. It makes your life so much easier than going back and unwinding and redoing everything the right yeah. way. What are oh, yeah. some key processes or things that you would find a good bookkeeper and or accountant right away because they're going to save you so much time and money on the back end. God forbid you do get audited. It is a nightmare. And if you don't have that stuff all like organized and set up, it's huge. The other piece for me, like when I finally had, you know, COVID was eye opening for many reasons, but I knew I needed to like, I knew I wanted to grow outside of New England. We were, we were in California. So it was already kind of like, okay, how do we make this? How do I simplify our lives so that we're not doing the same thing over and over and over again with all these franchisees? So we started to kind of put more on, we started this like training site and I did it with the thought of like, this will be for the owners. But then in COVID it was like, well, we have trainers now all over and that's why people come to our studios, right? We need people to be, I can't teach everywhere in every class, nor do I want to, I would physically die. Um, so we kind of had to like dumb everything down and make it really accessible, not only just with the research, but with like people's time. I'm like how, you know, just COVID it was like, okay, our training used to be two full long weekends. Well, then we were like, shoot, nobody (laughs) commit to that. And if someone's getting sick and someone's in quarantine and like the trainers themselves, like we need to make this so that our time in person is like super, super useful. So now the site that I had made in with made it in mind for all the owners was made for the instructors. We put every single training process like in video here. It is so people can do things in their own time. And then when we meet in person, we're really getting it done. Now I'm just starting to use that more now with like, okay, like, you know, we have like five full-time or staff. So I'm like, you're having like the same, you know, initial meeting with people over and over. Let's have them like watch this first so that when we do meet, like we don't, we're not just like kind of, it, it can feel a little rote when you're saying the same thing over and over. And like, everybody's just so different. So you want them to get all the information they can get. So kind of taking your systems and really taking the time. Like if you're ever going to go in a franchise route, you have to be super, super organized. And then every year you have to redo it 
I have to redo all my franchise documents every single year. So I have to sit down with that freaking operations manual again and go, okay, now what are we doing that's different? Because that is a playbook. You are creating a playbook for what do I do from the moment I sign to, you know, a year after opening. It's sort of like what what do they have to do and lay it out from everything you buy, everything you do for training. It's like a resource there to always go back on in case like someone can't get you on the phone. Because that's how a lot of the franchise models, it's like huge conglomerates. It's not going to be that easy to get someone on the phone like it is for me. So that's how they're set up. Although right now it's like, well, I have the time and this is really important. And like the first 10 franchisees you work with are really, really important. Like they're taking a huge chance on you. So like knowing what to give um, and what to what to bend on and what not to, to not create like worse habits in the future. Like you, you know, I'm like these people are going into it and, and they, they still want to flex that business muscle, right? So you have to allow people to make decisions and make calls for their business, but like it has to be in line with what you're doing, right? So you sort of have to like get ahead of problems. Um, And I think a lot of stuff will just come with time that I go off on a lot of tangents. I couldn't even tell you what the original question was. (laughs) Welcome to my brain. I'm very sorry, everybody who's listening. (laughs) Well, tell us about, so a lot of key things in there, but tell us about managing your team because your role has shifted so much from when you first opened to now yeah. franchiser. So how, how, you know, how did that go in the beginning? What I and do and what I would tell team? everybody to do, if you're trying to get more involved where you're working or you're thinking, I want to do this myself, just start doing shit. Talk to the owner and go, Hey, I do X, Y, and Z. Could I help you with this project? Like every person who's on my full team, full time, like roster worked for me in some capacity and we're like, Hey, can I help you out? Can I do this? And I'm like, God, yeah. Like I will give anyone a chance on, you know, doing what they do best and then trying to like develop that role. The hard part is you just don't have the money at first, right? You're like, I really would love someone to run my marketing, but I don't, you know, so I kind of very, just like how we grew, that's sort of how I grew the team too. Um, I'd say the marketing, like sales component and social media component is huge in our business. It's huge. It's super time consuming. I, I had a worked with an amazing company. I still do. They run my website, but we we knew we we knew we needed and I wanted an in house team. So that was kind of always the goal and focus. Like, okay, I'm paying an outside source to do this, and I really want to take that in. So I would just rather find someone from my internal team because it they know. They just kind of get it. Not that I think everyone needs to be like an instructor by any means, but they have to have some experience in like understand like the root of it all because um, it just helps, especially in those conversations with other people. So that's really my first full-time hire was like marketing and she had worked with me forever. And it's just like, you see the strengths of people. And I wanted to hire people that were really good at the stuff that I wasn't, but that still got it right. Cause it's your company kind of starts and, and you can get very involved and it's like, yes, I'm a big part of this, but the faster I could pull myself out of it, the better. Uh, I'm like, I don't want this to be the Jody show. Like God help us if it did. It's just more like, how can you build a team that is, you know, 
just on it, you know, like super organized on it so that they can help other people to kind of like run their show and do what they're going to do best. So that's kind of like what B-Tone people going into the franchise. I'm like, it's sort of similar to like your beautiful home here. You came in here and you're like, this is awesome. I don't have to do a whole lot, right? You know what it's like to do a gut job. I've done gut jobs over and over and over and like not for nothing, but like just not never sleeping and living in constant diarrhea is not a good place to be. And I was there for a long time. And it's like, well, you can also do it in a way that you still are comfortable and you're still able to do those little design things and those things that like make a house your home, but you do not have to start and like gut it and take it to the studs. So that's kind of like, I did that for you guys enough times that here you go. And so that if you then you're working with owners and you know it's going to be a lot on them. But the faster, I'm like, listen, the second you can hire someone, help you with their social media. So that's, we do a lot of that training. So it's kind of marketing, I say, is that the biggest umbrella for us. So then we have, you know, other people working under the marketing umbrella and social media. Um, and then I just hired more for like operation stuff. But, you know, the money doesn't come from the sky. So you sort of have to like bankroll it for me. I like use the studios and the money coming in from the studios. Like I just have constantly reinvested all that money into growing the franchise business now. So where it was going to, okay, I'm going to use this money. I'm going to open another location. Now it's more into, I want to grow this thing with the idea that the more people that join, then we can do this easier and cheaper. <laughs> like every, like I, I would rather everybody be making more money. So the way we're going to do that is we're going to get bigger. I don't really ever see myself just churning them out. Like in every single, it's very purposeful of where we go and who we work with. But I do hope that it gets to that point where it's like, yeah, like let's just not have to reinvent the wheel every time we're doing any kind of a challenge or marketing, but it's like, I'm spending all this money on our team to do this stuff. So like use it because it's going to save you a lot. Use that four hours of gaining constant content and pictures and videos. Like let us do that. And then you use that time to go do something that you want to do with your business. So your advertising has shifted, you said towards the franchise. So what does that look like now? Are you spending money to try to find new franchisees. I just, so this year will be the first time I'm like going to start throwing ads out. And the second I kind of put it out into the universe, it just start sort of starts to happen. I was like, all right, I want to do a push outside of Massachusetts and outside of New England. And then like the next five inquiries were all, I was like, this is weird. Okay. So maybe I, you know, just have to keep putting it out into the universe first. I wanted to make sure like it's, we have everything set up. So I'm now working with like a company who is like full on deep diving our whole model, like talking to every owner, every one of my full-time employees. And they are, they wanted no, they're like, send me everything, but tell me nothing about anyone. Like, and I, I'm like scared shitless about it because I'm like, Oh God, like this is going to be, it's just going to be a lot of work, but I'm like, this is the time. Um, cause we want to make sure while I, I have, you know, an idea that we're doing everything right how we should. But like, I, I know that we're up against big, huge companies. So I want to be doing like the absolute most that we can be, especially as we start to branch out more to other states. And what do you look for in potential franchisees? Like what try to portray? I just want to make people? sure they're not a dick. And I, I, I'm like, <laughs> I, like, and that they can handle me saying that to them. I'm like, 
you know, the, the sooner I can kind of, I, I will be myself times a hundred usually like the first, cause I'm like, I need you to understand how I work and how my team works. And we're not like going to be polished and is, it's just, we're going to get shit done and we're going to be us and you're going to be you. Cause otherwise it's just going to, it, it can be very blurry. I'm like, I don't want any blurred lines. I dealt with that with like previous, you know, licenses. I'm like, I don't want there to be a gray area. I want black and white. You are who you are. I am who I am. Um, I tell them everything. I'm like, I probably say a lot more than I ever should, but like you need so much information to like take that next step. So usually like a first conversation is a lot like just banter, you know, like what do you think about B-Tone? I tell them a little of my story. I just like to know like why, like why do you want to do this? Um, that, that just like it always is so interesting, kind of like everybody's personal story of like first how they started coming to a B-Tone, but then like, why did you start thinking like this would, could be your life? And what does that look like to you? Because um, then that helps me gauge like, okay, how much involvement are they going to need from our end? And okay, we have this or that. And I usually really just kind of go with like a gut sort of, I'll know pretty quickly, like, probably not a good fit or like, yeah, hell yeah, let's do this. Um, it takes a while. I'd say it takes like at least like five conversations, but there are times where I'm probably spending way, 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 way more time than I should before. Like someone's actually like, I'm like, you just have to kind of make up your mind at some point. Like I'm doing this or I'm not, I'm not putting timelines on anyone of like, okay, well, Cause I think that's bullshit. Like there's just people who are going to go, okay, well then now at this point we're going to do this and that. I'm like, it is an evolving getting from our conversation to you opening your doors is like all over the place for everybody. Everybody's different. So we kind of have to meet people where they are. Um, and just like, I, I like people to understand expectations. Like I'm going to take on a lot of stuff for them so that they don't need to. So like I, I, I will hold things that I know are really stressful till, till it's needed to be known and just make sure we have kind of have everything done. But I'd say we try to like, you know, go with the gut. I introduce them to the team so that everyone can kind of get a little feel on a vibe for that. You know, we'll probably be able to get, get with this, company I'm working with, like they even have like personality tests, like just different things that, you know, like, okay, this is what makes a really great owner. Um, there's that piece of the puzzle that you really want to work with, like the right people, because you are so deeply involved, especially at the beginning. But then as we go to other parts of the world, like, they're not going to know us as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who just sell franchises. I'm like, I don't know that that's ever going to be us. I don't know that I would ever sell to just some random person who walks into an expo. I'm like, I don't see how that works. But maybe if you get it down to a science enough to go, it takes this type of person. And um, But I find like it's – they have to have some personal experience, whether it's even once that they came to your studio and then they go back to where they are from and they're like, oh, my God, I could totally see a B-tone here. And I'm like, yeah, Why? You know, and it just getting those answers from them because you really start to understand like, wow, we're actually spreading a good message because people are getting it because that those are all the reasons why they are coming to us instead of a competitor and why they want to open one of ours and not X, Y, Z. Like they're really in those first conversations, I can get a lot of information. Yeah, that's amazing. What are some of the biggest pieces of advice you would have for someone who wants to open their own business or eventually go the franchise route? 
I mean, you just have to do it. You got to get out of your own way. So, I mean, so many people told me, no, like, what do you, this is a terrible idea. It's just like it, everybody's opinion does not matter. You have to like, yes, be organized to, uh, you know, understand like your why that has to be really compelling and has to be really driven because the money might not come for a while. So like, are you prepared? You have to like put all those wheels in motion, but when it, when it comes down to it, it's like, it's a huge risk that you're taking, but it can be really exciting too. So you sort of have to like, make sure you got your shit together enough that your life isn't going to go in shambles because it is like some people go like, I had no idea it was going to be this hard. Like, really? Like, have you ever talked to another business owner? Cause they're just like, <laughs> holy shit, what a ride because it's all on you. Um, as soon as you start making those hires, you're like, oh my gosh, these people are all depending on me. And that is a lot of pressure. So you just want to be as prepared as you can talk to as many people, talk to other owners. Like that's how I got through COVID was like talking to people and like just knowing that they were dealing with it too, like helps so much to talk to other people who have walked that experience. Um, people who have been out of that, just like the more information you can gain from your peers, the better. Um, and, and just talk to your competitors too. Like I joke about like, just don't be a dick. I truly believe that. I'm like, listen, I'm never going to open like next door to compete. Like, what would I get out of that? What would I get out of like stealing from someone else? Like, so you, you really want to like make wise decisions. I mean, I got phone calls when I first opened from people nowhere near me. Like they didn't know what we were and like, why are you trying to say you're Pilates and you're not Pilates? And they'd call and pretend they were someone else. And they would say they were from this Pilates Alliance. They were going to sue me. And I'm like, dude, like, how about you just come and knock on my door and we have a conversation so you can understand who I am. Um, you really have to be like authentically yourself and like stay in your lane. Um, that's huge. I think like the more people started to get to know me and understand we started to break down a lot of that competitive bullshit that happens in like this. And of course, like it's hard, right? It's hard when you, you don't want to feel like you work so hard and it's so much money into your everything. You don't want to feel like that's going to be taken away from you. Um, it, it doesn't have to be. So you just sort of like, people always ask like, what do you think about this opening? What do you think about that? I'm like, I really don't, you know, I like, I, I care about my business and I know what's going on. I'm like, I got my finger on the pulse of everything, but I'm just not going to let that shift decisions for my own business. And when it comes to franchising, it's, you just, again, have to talk to people and to understand like, what is the time commitment? What is the money commitment? So you're prepared just like when you're, it is a totally different business. And it goes from like, what you love to do to then like, oh my God, like they, it kind of like pulls the joy out of everything when you have to like sit down and be super organized. Like, oh my gosh, it's this, this first, then that, this and that has to be very, very regimented, which sort of like is the opposite of like the entrepreneurial spirit, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, just let's go do it. And we're going to save the world. We're going to, and you're like, nah, bitch, you got to write this 500 page operations manual and you're going to do it every year. And then you're going to organize the table of contents. You're like, Oh, this is not fun. <laughs> this is not fun for me. <laughs> and you're going to pay me $600 an hour to do it. I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. So what's next for you and what's next for B-Town? Yeah. So we are 
like days away from announcing like two new states that we're going into Midwest and like more out West. I'm super excited about that. Um, that's really been like my focus of like, yes, we've proven a concept, right. But I want people to understand like this can be anywhere. You know, when you go to your hometown, like this can be there. Um, especially opening the Cape. I'm like, I know I'm going to, there's people visiting from all over. Like this is going to be a great opportunity for when people do go back to their, wherever they're from. Um, that's kind of what's next. Like I always thought, I never really think too far in the future just because why <laughs> COVID was like, yeah, uh, that's funny. That's cute that you thought you were doing that. We were about to sign five franchises. Like when COVID hit, like we had the documents done and I was still just like, I don't know, something as bad is happening. Like, let's wait. And so I always kind of like have had just a natural growth and like approach to this because you never know. I'm like, I never say no. If someone wants to take a meeting, I'm like, okay. Like I try to like not react to things and like respond in time and really think about it. So I've never been the person who's like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to sell it at this year when I get to that. And I kind of always in my head said, well, you know, it's going to get to a point where like, I'm not the one that should be running this ship. And then the more I'm talking to people, they're like, why not? I'm like, you know, that is so true. Like, I, why wouldn't it be me? Like, that's fine. Um, I would like to see this grow and to be kind of like manning the ship so that you know, I can still be a part of it. Cause like what I realized opening the studio, I hadn't opened one in years. I have had so much fun doing that. And I think that like helped give that fresh approach to, cause these are the people I'm talking to all the time are in the same boat I'm in. I'm like, it's such an interesting perspective to have of like just recently doing it because every single location is so different. Um, so I like keeping that aspect alive. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, if I sold it tomorrow, what would I do? I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I really like what I'm doing. I really enjoy it. Um, I think that like when you are kind of down earth and approachable, like it's, I want the studios to be like that. I want the owners to feel that because every day, <laughs> every day is a journey. So we kind of have to, you know, meet people where they are. We say that with our workout. I'm like, just come as you are. Like I was just talking to someone the other day, like, oh, I have to get in shape before I come. I'm like, that is a load of bullshit. Like, I don't understand that. What do you mean? Like, just come and do what you can. Like this, it, we made it so that it isn't just an entry level of, well, you need to be able to do X, Y, and Z to come to B-Tone. No, you don't because we had developed it so that, and all, all we're working on is making it accessible so everyone can come in because that's the easier way to run your business. It's way harder when you're like, okay, we're going to have this advanced class and we're going to do this then. And the, you're spinning your wheels. Like I've done that. I've, I've had hybrid classes. I had spin bikes. I had bar. I had row. I'm like, listen, there's people that now do those concepts really well. Let's stay in our lane. Let's focus on that. And so that then we can help the owners now do that. Like them too. I'm like, come as you are. We're going to figure out how to work together and going to take, you know, what you do do well and use that and what you don't, we're going to help you hire someone else to do that to make your life easier. But I just like to see it kind of continue to grow as it has with like the right people. 
Yeah, that's amazing. I have no doubt that you're going to continue to grow and explode. I hope so. It's been incredible what you've accomplished so far. <laughs> um, I want to be my own landlord. That's what I want. <laughs> well, we love to end all of our interviews with a fast five set of questions Ooh. for you. Just some fun things. So what's one non-negotiable thing that you do every single day? Every single day. Well, guys, I got a hot tub. Oh, that's a great one. I am submersing myself in water every day, whether it is like a bathtub or I'm like, I have got to be in water or else my body is like, like, <laughs> like just total. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's a, a great one. investment. Yeah. Oh, um, water. What is one bucket list place you'd like to travel to? I would love to go to Greece. Um, Italy was, I went to Italy for the first time, like five years ago and was like, holy shit, why haven't I done your, like, I've never been to Europe. And so that is like, I like to involve my trips around food. So necessary. (laughs) That's the high drive for me. (laughs) Um, what's the best piece of business advice you've ever received? Just have the balls and do it. Love it. What do you think are three traits that every entrepreneur should have? Well, that's funny. I never even knew what the word entrepreneur meant. Um, I thought that was a really douchey word for people who were rich. And then someone was like, oh, I'm going to nominate you for entrepreneur. I'm like, what? Is- oh, my God. I'm an entrepreneur. Like, Holy Is that me? <laughs> is that me? What was the original question? Uh, what, are, <laughs> what are three traits that you think every entrepreneur should have? You have got to be super authentic, very driven, and organized. And then if you could go back. And if you're not, don't worry. You can hire someone else who is. Yeah, absolutely. Just take the messy action. Mm -hmm. And if you could go back to the very early days, so 2010, when you were just starting, what's one piece of advice you would give to yourself? Be more patient. I love that. I would say really the best advice um, was, and it was Lynn Begier. She owned Back Bay Yoga I met her early on when I started my business and she was just like, you've got to make sure because I can be reactive. Like it's so hard not to take things personal when you have a business. Like still to this day, a bad review comes in and I'm like, your blood boils, right? You're like, how do you stop that reaction? It's really hard. And just because someone says it doesn't make it true is like so huge. And then the other part of it is like, take the time to respond and don't be reactive. It's going to, because people are going to test you over and over and over again with anything. But I feel like with, you know, as I teach trainers, I'm like, just because you have to have such a thick skin, it's like somehow you, you go into this world, you're like trying to make a positive impact. And then people feel like they can personally attack you and rate you on a system like this is everything that's bad in the world like go fuck yourself but you and like I I can't not like stick up for people um but I will take both of those theories and I I repeat it at least once a week there is some point where I have to either say that to someone or say it to myself and it really helps you to make like more sound decisions because you can be very it's like very reactionary everybody wants like things right away nowadays too and it's very easy on apps to just go oh this was a five star it's like okay like let's just let me do my job and help people to like foster the time and relationship with b-tone and whether it's like clients too you have to give people time and, and trainers you have to give people a lot of time uh to kind of find their way 
I love that. I mean, I could sit and talk to you all day. This has been so amazing. Is it nighttime already? <laughs> <laughs> but tell everyone where they can find you and where they can find B-Tone. Sure. So at B-Tone Fitness on Instagram, um, I'm at, at Jody B-Tone. Um, as my social media team likes to say, like our tone at B-Tone is like having a conversation with Jody, but just like don't ever say what she says. <laughs> I have to like sometimes like my biggest fear because, you know, Instagram's all like the same, right? When I log in and like my biggest fear is sometimes on like my Instagram story when I'm going on some funny tangent or rant. It's usually at night with my mouth garden. And I'm like, oh my God, what what was I on? It was That was my own personal page, right? Not like because I have so many times. So if you want to hear <laughs> the real good shit, you go there. <laughs> <laughs> That's where all the juicy stuff is. And hopefully is. you can find B-Tone wherever you live. And if you don't know what B-Tone is, call me. Come try it. Yeah, call me. And you guys know where to find us. We are businessmusclepodcast.com and at businessmusclepodcast on Instagram. I'm DrAriel.dpt and Elise is Elise Kara on Instagram. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jody. Thanks for coming. Bye. You just finished another episode of the Business Muscle Podcast. If you found value in this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Your reviews mean the world to us and help us reach other listeners who can make a big impact in the business world. Don't forget to join our Business Muscle Podcast Facebook group where you can ask questions and chat with other like-minded entrepreneurs. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll bring you more expert advice and practical strategies to help you thrive. Thank you for being a part of the Business Muscle community and we'll catch you in the next episode.